On this week's Slashers podcast, we review what we do in the shadows. We answer the age-old question, what's a Roomba monkey? And stay tuned to the end to listen to Graveview's song, No Hope. Some interviews with some vampires on some slashers podcast, which this is. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. <laughs> hello. And joining us in our palatial recording studio, Jim. What's up, goons? Wow, that was so much more polite. Yeah. Starting on some beep, beep, fuck boys. Is there some New Year's resolution I'm unaware of? Nope. He's maturing right before our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Against his will. Little gym turn. <laughs> He's such a man now. Being forced to grow up. <laughs> hey, nobody can force you to do anything you don't want to do. Hey, Brian, it seems to me like he has gym turned a new leaf. <laughs> this week we are talking about what we do in the shadows, or as I like to call it, a great way to find out that your fiance is marriage material. Because I'll have I'm skipping ahead. Statistics competition for this movie: Fifty Shades of Grey. Your boy got to see this with his now wife instead. So that's why she's betrothed and she has been inseminated. She lives in this fancy ass house, the palatial studio, as I said. That's right. This is like the West Wing of the palatial mansion. <laughs> so who's Martin Sheen? Are you Martin Sheen? Sure. Oh, Martin Countless Estevez. amounts of blow. Ooh. I like it. <laughs> that's Charlie. Charles Estevez. I feel like both of them probably. Oh, for sure. You can't be that famous without... It's like you can't be famous without being on Jeffrey Epstein's I yacht. Mean, it's just what yeah. happens, right? Oh, no. It doesn't make you a pedophile. <laughs> you can't it just be means you're there. without doing blow on somebody's fucking titties. Or children on somebody's titties. Wait, what? Whoa. That's, there's so many of them. Well. It's awful. Speaking of which, how about that Gervais? No, the Gervais Ricky monologue Gervais. for the Golden Oh, Globes? it was awesome. It yeah. was fucking amazing, right? Good for him. Did you yeah. see Harvey Weinstein with his stupid walker? Going up the stairs for his trial. Oh, yeah. Yes, Meanwhile, there's a bunch Dude. of footage of him at fucking Sprouts tap dancing along with his merry the way. The guy puts on an amazing act because think about it. How many actors and actresses has he been around? He's got to have caught on, you know, with a few of them. But it's little... so transparent. Yeah, he's but... chewing the scenery pretty hard there. <laughs> and it's like, what? You're just going to be in jail forever. I don't know. Yeah, but he'll probably get the whole Epstein treatment. Like, uh, you'll be in jail, wink, Murdered. wink. You can... Murdered. You can leave any time mm. you want. You can uh, work from jail, quote unquote, where we will give you, you know, three meals a day and comfortable, lavish fucking... It reminds me of... Club Loki. Fed. It reminds, it reminds me of Loki and Thor, <laughs> right? Where he's like in prison, but like, here's... Well, did you did you see TMZ release the pictures from Epstein's cell? And it was like a note that he wrote. Like bitching about like how dirty it is and stuff. Like no shit, it's dirty. It's fucking jail. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about it. 
I wonder if they can match up his penmanship and be like, nah, nah, not him. <laughs> See the curve on this A. <laughs> yeah, my uh, cell's dirty, so I'm going to break my jaw and kill myself. Craziest thing. That, that totally makes sense. I mean, who wouldn't? You know that uh, handwriting expert? It's all bullshit. You could be a handwriting expert. I could have really? you testify to it. Yep. It is a bullshit pseudoscience. Yeah, when well, people are like, I could read your mind by having you write. No. I'm sorry. Pawn Stars tells me otherwise. What? Pawn Stars also <laughs> tells you that, that guy has a bunch of friends, right? Yeah. I got a buddy who blah. Yep. He's like, you could have like fucking the most obscure thing in the world. It would be like the cock ring of an Egyptian pharaoh. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, I got, a, I got a buddy of mine who can value that. In the desert? Well, I guess the desert's <laughs> the one place where you might find somebody. You might find God somebody. Damn it. I don't know. Yeah, there was... What's the saying? You're either watching Pawn Stars or Porn Stars. One way or another, you're watching somebody get fucked. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. <laughs> Wasn't, isn't Chumley a piece of shit in real life? Is that a true thing? I don't know. The fat, I think he sad lost guy? a lot of weight. Oh. He's so I guess that makes him a piece of shit. I don't yeah, know. Right. <laughs> Well, he lost it chasing children around Jeffrey Epstein's yacht. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Sorry. <laughs> and it goes around full circle. Yeah. Back to the movie, though. So uh, there's talks about a sequel. Brian had mentioned what we do in the moonlight. There's talks of it being called Weirwolves, W-E apostrophe R-E, Wolves. But here's Jake's idea. Can okay. I pitch it to you? Go on. I want it to be set in France. And I want it to be called What We Do in the Chateaus. Brian's <laughs> look at his face I like it no that's pretty good the thing is is it going to be in French with subtitles or is it just going to be people speaking in English but with a, like a French accent did you ever see all that with uh, where it's everyday French with Pierre Cargo? Oh it's gonna be that God. exactly okay yes. it's gonna be Keaton going oh, oh, oh. did you know that when I watched all that the first time I ever heard of Ross Perot was oh, from yeah. all that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> clearly written by adults. You know the fat guy who is from Good Burger? Keenan? No, the fat white guy. He's the guy who wrote and directed a lot of all that and Good Burger. I feel so bad for saying Keenan. <laughs> like Keenan. He's fat. It's I mean, okay. <laughs> he's the longest tenured cast member in SNL history. Does that blow your is mind? He really? Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, think about it. Back in the day, everybody was just doing a bunch of drugs and ODing. For sure. Robert Downey Jr. was on uh, well, SNL. Well, he almost one. OD'd. And then he went to jail a few times. It was great. And then he became Iron Man. And then he died. I spoiled Endgame. Finally. So I guess he was out. on Joe Rogan's podcast not too long ago. So really? I'm kind of interested to check that out. That'd be oh. kind of cool. Was he like, hey, just I know I have a dark and checkered past, uh, but I'm here to talk about Dr. Doolittle and my dark and checkered future because that movie looks <laughs> like fucking shit. <laughs> I haven't even seen previews. Jesus Christ. It yeah, looks bad. no, it doesn't. Is it doesn't just, I mean, CGI for days. Apparently, yeah, CGI doesn't, right? look, it doesn't look bad in that sense. It just... The director apparently is a crazy person who has fucked people when it comes to... I think he did Life of Pi or something like that. The visual effects, he didn't put markers. He didn't let... He fired an entire crew who was supposed to keep continuity. So they basically have to like reanimate everything in the background to make it work scene oh, to scene. No. Because at one point, like he'll be talking to this direction and that direction. It's a clusterfuck. So if it comes out even decent when it comes to the visual effects, that's like a huge boon. Here's a thought. Isn't Eddie Murphy having like a resurgence? Let's just have him do Dr. Doolittle again. Yes. I'd he was great it. on SNL. His, <laughs> uh, what is it, holiday baking challenge was the best. Yeah. So 
uh, none of that matters. Let's talk about a New Zealand vampire flick, shall we? Yeah. So the film was based on a 2005 short film called What We Do in the Shadows, colon, interviews with some vampires. That was written and directed by uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, and it starred John Bruch. And basically, it's the exact same thing, but really bad. I thought for sure I would like it. Like, we've had great success on this show, like Street Trash. Right. We watched the short. The short's amazing. We watched the movie. It's all so amazing. I'm just, like, jerking it from all angles. And then I get to this, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Like, Taika's teeth are bad, but his hair is way better in the short. I will give it that because it's... Okay, you remember the toothless kid from Stranger Things when he's going to prom? That exact haircut. <laughs> wow. It's awesome. <laughs> so It's almost like a little man perm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's weird because they clearly shot it in daylight indoors. Like, it's clearly daylight. The frilly just, hair matches the frilly clothes. Yeah. And so apparently when they were walking on the streets to do the short, they were only out for about an hour. And in that time, Jermaine Clement talked about that they were every homophobic slur, people, women, children, everybody yelling at them really obscene shit. And that's oh, in 2005. That's rough. But when they did the same thing for this movie, Nothing. no slurs. And in fact, the kid who makes fun of them, they had to talk him into doing it because of that. That's how progressive we've gotten, butt fuckers. Yay, Hashtag woke. Brian, you're gay. Okay. It's okay to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. I haven't had a couple beers, so I mean, maybe. Gay for pay? Who knows? That's what I say. <laughs> In the month of May? I, I've always wanted this tank top that I saw years ago where it says, I'm not gay, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> you want to make five dollars the hard way <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so going back to the uh, sequel concept taika watiti says i feel bad to even mention it now because i keep saying but it's like dad saying yeah i'll be home for christmas i suppose we're just two dads out in the road enjoying our lives and going we're not coming home for christmas we'll send a postcard it's not like we don't want to come home for christmas we would like nothing more but we have a lot of shit going on when are you going to die do you have a deadline before your death i guarantee it before then five years ten years it took us seven years to write the first film so you do the math that was a sad thing to say. So basically, he's like, yeah, we'll eventually do it. But here's the thing. They've already had two wildly successful spinoff TV shows, which we're going to cover in future Slashes episode. Quote with me on it. Wellington Paranormal and what we do in the shadows. It's so annoying when looking it up because it's the same goddamn name and it always brings up the TV series. Yep. Because <laughs> it's super popular right now. Now, do you think with it being on FX, it almost... They like downplayed the, the thought of maybe being able to go to like streaming service where you would have more artistic freedom, right? Like, could you imagine something like that on Netflix being that much better? Honestly, it's commensurate in quality. Okay. I don't I, feel I mean, like they've censored anything. I, I feel, feel like, like it's very good. As I far as I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't, as, I, I don't know, but as quote far me as on networks it, it's go, as good, if not better than the movie. Sorry, Jim. As far as networks go, though, I think FX gives a lot of. They don't, they're not like, oh, we're going to control, like, they just pick stuff up. Yeah. Type of thing. Look at Archer. And I mean, also, FX is also pretty racy as it is, right? As far as on some of the daytime TV, I guess, networks. Absolutely. I think my favorite bit of trivia about this is that they had this massive script and they showed it to no one. Yep. None of the actors or anything. They, they wanted them to come in and not really know what they were doing. So they're just kind of improvise everything. Yeah. Which caused them to film a massive amount of hours of footage. 125 hours. That's insane. And it took a year, year to edit. edit. <laughs> and they have three cuts of the movie. 
but they've only ever released one, which is kind of frustrating. I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch two more cuts. Nope. So another bit is the Jermaine, no, Jermaine. Jermaine? He, he was inspired by Bram Stoker's Dracula, even though he hasn't read it. Never. Exactly. So good. And he still hasn't read it to this day. Even though he hasn't been on the Reddit? Oh, you're not talking Reddit. You're actually talking about reading. About oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> With a Redditor humor? He was actually on Dig before this. Ah, uh, I like it. Brian's like, what's Dig? I'm like, I don't know what that is. Can so you dig it, sucker? No. Okay. Awkward. <laughs> actually, that was me going all the way back to the Warriors. Oh, can you dig it? What I can dig is some statistics, butt fuckers. The movie shot on a budget of 1.6 million dollars how much do you think this bad boy grossed not 1.6 no it did it was 6.9 no way the old 69 i would have for sure thought it just seems like such a slow comedy or horror comedy right so i don't know if it would have kind of appealed to the mainstream but i guess there's enough of the fanfare you know fanfare i guess you would call it to have a big showing so did it have a wide release no i had to drive to pasadena to see it okay yeah at a little art house theater the lemley not the lemley that shows all the big budget films in claremont that one sucks so it debuted at Sundance January 19th, 2014. Then it was released in New Zealand on 6 1914. And then in June, Taika Watiti, in conjunction with Discover New Zealand, produced a promotional short for the film, The Vampire's Guide to Wellington, in which he reprises his role as Viago, which is awesome because then you get Wellington Paranormal. Come on, guys, catch up. <laughs> it was well, released. I haven't seen either of those. So. Yeah. It was released in the US two. 1315, like I said, and instead of seeing Fifty Shades of Grey, which is a competition, got to slap nuts while watching this movie. 85 minutes. Perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. I will concede. So this was my idea to do. I've seen this movie probably six times since it came out. Like I'm a big fan of it. Wow. I'll concede that that like last third act, it gets a little wandery, but I kind of like it because that's way more real to a documentary. Right, because yeah, it's a mockumentary. So, you, you know, in a movie like that, you don't have the epic climax, and also you're on a shoestring of a budget. So, right, yeah. I can see where they kind of drew out the whole stew being missing and everybody being melancholy. I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but uh, that could have been a lot shorter, right? It could have been maybe even just like one scene of them just kind yeah. of lamenting about how sad it is to lose stew, and then being like, "Oh shit, stew's back," and then whatever exactly but, but it all fits within it's already five minutes it's already on the shorter side so yeah exactly it Losing all fits that and then you're, you're minutes, getting into so. that really short short movie seriously time. if this is 80 minutes it's a bit too short so that five minutes is fine with me so we know jermaine clement from flight of the concords right? right that's of course where he meets reese darby he plays anton the werewolf in this so were you shocked in watching this movie that music is not necessarily at the forefront? There are some really good song choices, but it's not like the intro music is really catchy. I like it. Dead, Norma dead, Tanaka? dead. Yep. Yeah. She yeah. died Super in 2019. Cool. So she, Aww. her only other song that was a big hit was well, not a big hit, a moderate success, I believe was called a cat named dog. But yeah, the song you're dead is awesome. It was the editor, Tony Eagle, who recommended that they use it. That's such a perfect fit. It really is. When I was listening to it with my wife, I was like, this song is, imagine if Dusty Springfield's song Spooky 
nobody knew about it. And you were just like, hey, let's just put this in this movie that's a horror comedy. It's like that. We're like, I can't believe this hasn't been a wildly popular song for the last 40 years. Right. What do you think of it, Jim Bob? I was going to say, I don't remember any music past the opening music. No. The opening music is really just the one that sticks, I feel like. And again, you, you say the music doesn't really resonate throughout the film. And I almost want to say it's just, it's almost purposely. Like, they don't really have the music as a strong point. It's more or less just the interviews with the also, vampires, huh? Interview because with the it's vampire. a... Yeah, because it's a documentary or right, mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary. You're not going you're not so. to have a bunch of background music, right? right. Exactly. You, yeah, they would be disingenuous to kind of do it. A lot of the music that you do here reminds me of Gogol Bordello, but I'm looking at the stuff here, and I actually don't see that they were on this. So that's fun. The music was also uh, by Plan 9, who did the original music. But yeah, to, to Jim's point, I think that it's very much in the genre to just kind of have like some ambient music in the background, if anything, because it's a little, is it almost unnerving when you're watching the scenes of them in the street and you just hear like the sounds of the cityscape behind them and just feels like voyeuristic and it really authentically feels like you're not watching a documentary or not watching you're, a movie. Yeah, you're not watching a movie. It's more of a documentary. Yeah. Something that somebody's just filming you know, I feel like I'm watching Road Rules, Road Rules Real World, but Vampire Edition. Yeah, when I was watching Deacon Hump the Mannequin or whatever in the city, I was thinking... In the very of, beginning? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the fight porn subreddit where it's always like <laughs> some people on a street. It's like, I saw a chick today. It was titled, Hold My MF Phone. And she's talking to this chick and just throws her phone backwards and somebody catches it and she grabs her by the hair and they're just like, bah! <laughs> oh my like God. Geez, that's a high degree of confidence you have. Somebody's you know, going to catch like your you phone. I feel you know you have a problem when you automatically throw your phone and somebody knows to catch it because they know you're about to start shit. Yeah, right. It's not like, what the fuck? This has never happened before. It's like, oh, just, damn it. <laughs> just fucking throw it up in the air. How Again, many phones Tina? do you think she breaks? <laughs> Probably <laughs> as many as she breaks other people's teeth. I mean, think about it. She's just like, Oh shit, I wasn't aware. I was by myself. She just throws her phone up and just fucking beats somebody up and then her phone's just in pieces. No. It's the third time this week. <laughs> God damn it. But then you gotta stop looking at me wrong. You find out the person she's beating up works at AT&T and they've been hooking her up with free phones. <laughs> oh man, it's all insider scheme. You got it. I like it. So are we good to hit nicknames, snicknames, prick names? Dick names. Da -da -ba -ba -da -ba. And cock names. Wait, that, well... We'll just go with it. Taika Waititi as Viago von Dorna Schmarten Schenden Heimberg Ned von Blitzenberg, age 379. What would you like to call him? Oh, Taika based the performance off of his own mother. <laughs> oh, man. And if you know this, his mother is the one who gave him the book Caging Skies, which he then adapted into Jojo Rabbit. So that is awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Jojo Rabbit, my favorite movie of 2019. Haven't seen it. I said it like 10 times, I think. I'm, people are probably like, okay, well, it's not playing at a theater near me. That's not my problem. <laughs> you need to handle it. I like to call him Grandma Fucker. Oh. <laughs> How about the gilf? Yeah, that's, that's probably a little more subtle. That'll work. <laughs> so, fun fact, he and Jon Favreau are allegedly the only two people on earth who know Baby Yoda's real name. He directed a few oh, episodes. Oh, he did the last episode. It was IG-11, yeah. Apparently, he's the only I haven't. I still haven't seen it, so. Baby Yoda. Uh, I know uh, about Baby, baby Yoda, Yoda uh, uh, but wait, am I missing something here? Is floating that like, in an egg, Baby Yoda. Is that, that, that's an actual song? 
<laughs> so yes. it's this guy Perry Grip does a song riding on a pig, baby monkey, and so they just changed the words oh. to be Baby Yoda. Okay, it's really good. Both I feel versions. like I'm missing something by not watching Mandalorian. Yeah, you're missing enjoying Star Wars again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe I'll eventually just steal your sign in and uh, go, go for to, it. Go to town. Yeah, I actually re or excuse me, I, I actually because I'm gonna see Rise of Skywalker again. I read the adaptation of the Last Jedi, and it was so much better as a comic because I just skipped all the stuff I didn't like and looked at pretty <laughs> pictures. But seriously, the adaptation for the Force Awakens and Last Jedi are the fucking worst comic adaptations I've ever read because it is literally like they just freeze framed the movie and just drew it. No new information, nothing. And I was like, God damn it. I don't even get to see Adam Driver's so just killer acting. It's just a different form of media, but the yeah. exact same thing. That's why I'm always afraid to read novelizations after like really popular movies come out. But then you get ones like Gremlins where they're like, hey, they're aliens and they're also chaos magic. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I usually do the other way around where it's the book first and then the movie. I thought you were going to say they usually do the chaos magic and then the aliens. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the reverse Jedi. Right. Speaking of which, we're going to do Gremlins too, right? Hell yeah. I think we have to do that as a watch along. Let us know. Slashespod at gmail.com. Oh, also, this is a great opportunity to plug. We have a new Google form out. If you would like, go to our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Slasherspod. When you're there, you can click on the Google form to submit a request for any episode you'd like. And you can put if you want to watch along or whatever. You Talk can about al- that very bottom one that you added in. We've already had multiple people oh, no. follow up with it. Yeah. So um, I, I in the questionnaire, I also ask if you would like any merch for the show. You know, more shirts, coffee cups, a dildo modeled after your favorite host. And here's the thing. <laughs> legitimate question. I had a feeling this was going to come up, but I'm really surprised it was within the first 20 minutes. But the question was, is it modeled off of your penis or oh, off of no. you? And I said, it's like a little action figure of us instead. Yeah, it, it couldn't be our <laughs> penis because honestly, I feel like the, the old significant other might have an issue with that. Is it too much like cheating? Maybe just a little bit. So let me tell you what the reply was with regard to. God. Did you see my reply in the group text? Mm. Oh, great. Now we're going to have a bunch of Brian-shaped dildos around. Oh, that's how I was. <laughs> I can only handle one Brian-shaped dildo. Hey, now. <laughs> so the, oh, wow. So the response was, it won't hit the back, but it will scrape the walls. Oh, boy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, that's See, <laughs> now with that, I feel like I can guess, but I'm, you know. Okay. It is. <laughs> we love our fans so much. It makes us so happy. But yeah, so expect the Jake, Chad, Brian, and Jim action, shit-covered action figures with <laughs> the, let's make it a jingle. Can you sing it? No. It won't hit the back, but it'll scrape the walls, slashes well, pod uh, dildos. It's like a can of tuna. <laughs> <can't do> that. <laughs> can you improv a better one? It's no. like a can of tuna. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Because how girthy is But it's that short? It's not even like a stack of them? Is that like a chode? That might be a chode. It's like a Petri dish. <laughs> How do you come out of something like that? That's what I want to know. I don't In know. broad strokes. <laughs> you just kind of got to rub it like a big clit. Huh? We're definitely talking about very different strokes. Yeah, for different folks. <laughs> so we've covered that one. Jermaine Clement as Vladislav the Poker, age 862, a former tyrant. 
he based his performance off of Gary Oldman's Dracula. That's cool. I like that a lot. He's always germane to me. Well, <laughs> Honestly. I mean, it sounds super bland. I was going to say Rhinoceros. Yeah, that's another great one. Did you ever watch Fly of the Concord, Jimbo? <sighs> Only a little bit. I don't really <sighs> We got to get him to watch remember it. You know what that does to me? I've got oh, good boy. feelings. I feel like somehow Jake manages to get that into every episode. It's such a good song. <laughs> the HBO version is so much better than the one that was I mean, it's okay. I spent a long time on that casserole <laughs> as a whole. Come on now. I'm saying Rhymnosaurus. You could say Jermaine if you want. Then we have Jonathan Brew as Deacon Brooke, age 183, the young rebel of the group who finds who is fond of knitting, erotic dancing, and being cool. Do you have anything for him, Jim Bob? Do not. I got nothing. Well, we Probably can... it's because he's my least favorite character. I feel like I was talking to you about him earlier. Because he overlaps I, with you so much? I was like, I don't really like him. Maybe because he reminds me of me so much. I'm like, he's such a dick. Am I a dick? I might be a dick. <laughs> oh, well. I think you're more of a chode, like you said. Oh, man. <laughs> you can of tuna. So let's call him Brian. Brian? Call him small tuna. We call him Brian Stoker's Dracula. Oh boy. Okay, let's just call him Brian. Then we have, oh, also great credit for him on his IMDb. He was Roomba Monkey in Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Roomba Monkey. Yes. This is a great time for me to tell the story about the Pumbaa, right? Oh, yes. So I had a Roomba robot. I had because I returned it to Costco because my dog pissed and shit in my house when it was raining one day oh, and the no. Roomba and it's ran Roomba. it over and smeared piss and shit all over my entire house. That's awesome. And then I had to clean it so I could return it to Costco and act like nothing happened. She didn't wonder why it smelled exactly like 50 Lysol wipes. <laughs> the weirdest thing. <laughs> Which Costco did you return to? Not saying, but they gave me a full refund. San Dimas? No. Brian, it's way too far for me to drive. You having some flashbacks right now? I am. Well, <laughs> I have some horror stories about working about at a Costco. poop robot, about a bidet. Oh, but I totally, mate, it totally happened. <laughs> it totally happened. It got returned, and I looked at it, and I literally mouthed to my coworker, "The fuck!" And the person heard me, and I got in trouble <laughs> for it. <laughs> wow <laughs> true story yeah did you, like I, written up or i literally you? couldn't help myself from looking at it and saying the fuck yeah <laughs> so i i, I mean was it a write-up or was it just like they a- gave me like a stern warning and they're like hey you know i'm sure they felt really awkward about returning it and you're make, you're not ma- exactly helping the cause and yeah. i'm like yeah because they shouldn't be returning a used bidet yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> I'm I, not out of the. I'm not out of bounds here, right? No, I think you're okay. totally legit. Okay. Also, they need to do a better job of cleaning it. My thing, I this is a free ad plug. I we don't have any official sponsors aside from my Patreon patrons who we love. My tushy is probably my favorite on like internet purchase I've ever had, where I just like win for it. Yeah, you know what? I went I went to the bathroom once in your fancy bathroom, mm-hmm. and I saw it, and I was like, ooh. Love Maybe it. I'll get myself one. Here's the thing. It was like 50 bucks or whatever. Super reasonable. Super easy to install. But here's the best marketing I've ever seen in my life. They have a picture of a lady who purses her lips and she smears a chocolate cupcake on her uh. lips. And then she wipes it. And there's still chocolate in the crevasses of her lips. Then they slam her in the fucking face with a hose. <laughs> no more chocolate. <laughs> that's what having a bidet is oh, like. Oh, that's so good. So if anybody's making fun of it, scraping the sides, but not hitting the back wall or whatever, 
So what we're basically saying is Jake's got a clean butthole I really all do. the time. Well, and I'm vegan, so it's like fiber going out, and it's clean. I mean, come on, dude. I don't know. I've heard you could eat I've cereal out of horror, my asshole. I've heard some horror stories about your fucking farts and or bodily movements. Okay. So my farts, that's true. That's an abomination. <laughs> but the poops themselves smell like chili every time. Really? I'm, I'm basically well, everybody a, likes their own brand. Come I'm on. basically a six foot one food processor when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I eat solid food, it comes out mashed. Fair enough. I'm a Vitamix, dog. Yeah, I tell you, man. Since I started doing the IF, my poops have been interesting. They're they're very it's a it's a quick poop. It's almost like I'm just like I don't have any food in me, like at all. And as soon as I eat, within like 30 minutes, I'm just like poop and I'm done. And I don't poop for like the rest of the time. So for 23 hours, I just, I'm just like a camel, but with poop. <laughs> so do you IFAF? <laughs> you could say that. See, because you were saying, what is it? OMAD? All, you, all these OMAD. fucking acronyms. And then you're like, you mad, bro. What is, oh, one meal a day. One meal a day. Got it. That's right. Yeah. It, now you are in the no gym. You're welcome. Una comida por dia. Huh? Don't ever say this show didn't teach you anything. Then we had, oh yeah, oh, um, instead of Brian, if you feel like we're calling you out by calling him that, we can no, call him fine. Dino Thunder. We can call the, the vampire that's a giant douchebag, we can call him Brian. <laughs> okay, that's now totally I'm feeling, <laughs> I feel like you're being defensive, so I'm changing my vote to either Roomba Monkey or Dino Thunder. I feel like Roomba Monkey almost sounds like a racial epithet, so we're going to call him Dino Thunder. Do you want to call him Pumbaa? No, we're calling him Dino Thunder. Dino, say it. Brian. Dino Thunder. <laughs> it's fun to say. What is that from? Huh? The show he was on is the Roomba Monkey. Oh, okay. have you not been paying attention? <laughs> are you are you searching Dino Thunder? Yeah, it was Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Oh, Dino. Th- okay, it was a subtitle. If you don't mind, I'm not going to call him a Power Ranger. This is Jim Turn signing off. <laughs> yeah, never to be heard from again. Ben Fransham as Peter, age eight thousand. He's my favorite character. The best. He's so good. He's I love your Nosferatu. He's your Count Orlock. It was the most amazing thing where he's like Peter. <laughs> he like scrapes the side <laughs> open and he's like, "Hey, so we're going to have a meeting, Peter." <laughs> so it's uh, it's foam. It's just, uh, instead of a cement or anything. Spoiler: I'm sure you totally thought it was real cement. I mean, <laughs> with the sound effects, it sounded like he was fucking pulling a you know two thousand pound cinder block. Way to know. go, foley artists! Yeah, it's pretty cool. The idea that he feeds him a chicken in a sack makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. After getting mad about all the bones on the ground too. Oh, yeah, so what's like, well, super chicken? When I saw this in theaters, somebody was like, "Ugh." And I was like, what's the fucking difference between that and a chicken nugget, you cocksucker? <laughs> and then not only that, but it doesn't even show a chicken dying or anything. So just get off your fucking high. Sorry, Jake. Get off your high horse. The people that are super against animals getting killed, this or that. It, it didn't even show anything. It showed the sound effects of a chicken kind of getting in a fight. Okay. I kind of feel like you feel like you're upset by the fact that it wasn't. Like, you feel it was a cock tease? Like, <laughs> you like, wanted to see the, the fuck? chicken? I to see this fucking chicken's neck rung. You want to pull an Ozzy Osbourne and bite its head off and well, go, Wee! Nah, I'm good. Jim, did you catch that reference? You're a music guy more than Chad is, but you're not like... Yeah, I know. I'm Ozzy Osbourne biting off stage. the old head yeah. of And little Nicky. Wasn't it supposed to be a fake bat? Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was frozen. Is that Somebody threw it on stage, right? Yep. He had fucking to get like rabies injections and shit. Heads. Oh, well, that's not that weird. It's a little weird. Not that bad. I mean, I'd rather have that than have some crazy fan jump on stage and shoot your guitarist like Pantera. R.I.P. Damn bag. Mm. Dude, Matt Brown, the MMA fighter, was at that show. How weird is that? Really? Yep. That's 
very strange. Oh, mm-hmm. well. And he overdosed like 12 times and then is still in a peak athlete. It's the weirdest thing. I never overdosed. Nowhere near a peak athlete. Bullshit. So what do we call him, Peter? <laughs> Nosferatu? Uh, Nosferatu sure. is what I got. Yeah. Corey Gonzalez Masseur as Nick. Nick the Prick. Yeah. Definitely Nick the Prick. I was going to say, or we could call him Brian. <laughs> you got Dino Thunder. <laughs> oh, that's like the subgenre. Anyway, we got Stu Rutherford as Stu. Super interesting. He is not an actor. He didn't want to be an actor. He has a part-time business as an analyst for the Wellington so Company. So he's actually an IT dude? He is. And so wow. he's friends with Taika Waititi. They had him come to set up a modem for the set. And he thought that he was going to do like <laughs> minor acting. And they just convinced him every day to be in the movie. That's awesome. I feel like that's something I can do. Just kind of fake it till like, you make you, it? You, Chad, Jim, doing some kind of documentary. And I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm just here to hang out. Well, okay, hang out. But also maybe throw in a line or two. Hey, Brian, you did pretty well. Do another line. And then all of a sudden you just <laughs> fucking edit everything together. And I'm in the movie. Yeah. You're the star of the movie. It's like, uh, what is it, Bowfinger? Have you ever seen that movie? No. What? <laughs> Jim, have you seen Bowfinger? No. I'm like mad at you guys right now. <laughs> that movie rips so hard. It's Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. Steve Martin is this like huckster independent film director who wants to make a movie called Chubby Rain about aliens who invade through the rain, which makes the rain chubby. <laughs> and they can't afford an actor. So they follow a guy who Eddie Murphy plays around and they put film him unbeknownst to him he's in this movie so he's just thinking that people are going crazy and like people are walking by with their face melting off and stuff and he has a nervous breakdown oh no oh so they're filming they're filming his actual response because it almost seems like he's acting but that's his actual response to this crazy shit happening exactly so how do you get the best reaction out of somebody if not by thinking this is actually happening got you suckers <laughs> yeah, every time my wife and I do the hike at the Griffith Observatory every time I have to say got you suckers because it's part of the movie is that where it's filmed or? that's where the film is filmed within the film <laughs> <laughs> film filmception exactly cool. is the top gonna fall over or not what's it mean i don't know jackie so, w- w- what are we calling Stu? oh Stu- oh god the meat sack, the meat sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's that's good it's perfect yeah it was either that or i said call him the it crowd i was just gonna call him don't kill Stu. <laughs> he's a pretty cool guy <laughs> yeah meat sack works meat sure. sack. Uh, we had Jackie Van Beek as Jackie she was also in Eagle vs. Shark which was directed by YTT and starring Clement so she doesn't really need one she's just the familiar so we'll just call her the familiar familiar yeah the good. FX show has a guy named Guillermo who's the familiar do you like him better than so Jackie so fucking funny yeah. because, well he's like a huge part of the show Okay. Whereas she's a minor character. That's that's true. Awesome. Reese Darby is Anton, the leader of the werewolves. I mean, we just call him. Murray. Exactly. We got Ethel Robinson as Catherine. This lady is awesome. So the old folks home that he goes to was a real old folks home. Oh, no. This woman was a real inhabitant of the so old folks home. she's not an actress. Well, th- she's not by trade. They hired her to be in the movie, and That's she did cool. it. She nails it. They glue fangs onto her fucking dentures. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture that they have is an actual picture of her that they let she let them use for the movie. That's really cool. Isn't it the coolest? Yeah. I Big feel fan. like, I mean, you get to a certain age, and you're almost like, eh. Do I watch Jeopardy or do I be in this fucking vampire film? 
Let's do it. You only live once. Hey, let me just fucking. <laughs> she seems like the, the like the sweet old lady who just down to do anything. DTF, you mean? Because <laughs> I'm selling uh, Jake brand dildos right now, so it, it won't hit the back, but it'll scrape the walls. DTFG uh, in her musty basement. I feel like once upon. <laughs> It's like, no, no, not going <laughs> to. I feel like once upon a time we had, or just joking around, we we talked about the the old anal plugs, uh, <laughs> right? Didn't we do anal butt plug, butt plug? I did, I did a mock-up where I photoshopped us having uh, butt plugs. <laughs> People asked. Full circle. It is. Jesus Christ. The circle of the butthole. That's right. Yeah, she seems like she's almost like a Betty Betty Davis kind of chick, right? She's totally cool just to like hang out and fucking, th- you know, shoot the shit with everybody. I feel like Betty Davis does the same thing. She's right? got Betty Davis brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, is there anybody in your life you would give a Slashers brand butt plug to even as a joke? No. Well, then I guess we're not going into mass production. Ma- ass production. Boom. What is this? I'm dad joking it up tonight. If we can get a made on like use, the, use it as a doorstop. There you go. As a a, a wine bottle right, stopper. Because it has a little suction, so you can just put it right Look. onto the ground. I mean, why not? So here's my thing. If we could get like a price point to manufacture them cheap enough, and that's way more interesting than a business card, right? You never forget the guy who hands you a butt plug in line at Disneyland. <laughs> but here's the thing. I feel like it needs to have the etching of slashers in the side of it. Oh, not like just the jewel part? Yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking we'd have the jewel part and then there'd be like a little QR code. So when people are taking pictures of your butthole <laughs> jewel, <laughs> they go straight to our website. Where is this going? Uh, going straight to hell. Sorry. Going straight to the brown eye. Really quickly, we'll wrap it up. We had uh, the two that we need to mention are Karen O'Leary as Officer O'Leary and we had Mike Minogue. Really important. So they're the stars of Wellington Paranormal. That show is fucking great. You can find it very exclusively online because it's a New Zealand show. Were so. they actors before this or no? So here's the thing. First acting credit for O'Leary. She actually still works as a manager for Adelaide Early Childhood Center. Oh, that's really cool. And she was quoted as saying, we should never forget that ultimately being with children is always going to be better if you have fun. They're probably going to learn more. So she still maintains her position and she still works with kids in this, I this. feel like she fucking nailed it in this film. And now she's like a very successful TV show. Wellington Paranormal got renewed for a second season and everything. Like, it's awesome. I'll have to check it out. So, Brian, are you prepared to give us the recapitation? Uh, recapitation starts with essentially a film crew comes to record the day in life of four flatmates in New Zealand and the crazy adventures that they go through. And being vampires. Bada bing. Bada boom. Jim, it's your turn to take us through the sleigh by play. All right. So the movie opens with a title screen that says, Every few years, a secret society in New Zealand gathers for a special event, the Unholy Masquerade. In the months leading up to the ball, a documentary crew is granted full ass. ass. Full, full <laughs> ass. Wow. Oh, man. Butt plugs, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Granted full access to a small group of this society. And then an alarm clock rings at six. And a hand reaches out of a coffin to silence it. Uh, So real quick, I have to point out a very distinct difference between this and the original short. The original short, 7.59 p.m. So we're already deviating significantly from the source material. 
That's interesting. I wonder why it would be an hour different. It would be two hours different, right? Well, six... Seven fifty nine. God damn it, math hard. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I, for, I thought you were doing the bit, and then I was like, wait a second, this is fun. So the opening line for Deacon is the same in both movies for Dino Thunder, for Sassy Brian, Sassy Brian in a fur coat. Yeah. Okay, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Yep, absolutely. Where he says, "I turned into a dog and had sex," <laughs> which is like the <laughs> best line ever. Like, could you, like that's what I imagine Brian, our real life Brian, would do with with powers. You don't know me. I'm not saying you would fuck a dog. That's what he says. He says, "I turned into a dog and he had sex." He turned into a dog and had sex. A dog can, doesn't necessarily have to have sex with another dog. Exactly. That's my point. I could see you as the guy. Well, you don't. Who would turn into an animal to fuck a chick? I to mean, be like, how does it feel? But I don't think that if you were the maybe? animal that you would fuck the female version of that animal. I think you're too classy for that. It's true. Don't put me in a corner like that. You I'll, don't know me, I mother don't. trucker. I don't know you at all. You're not the same man I married. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been together for quite a long time, Dude. so I probably would do that. You're my herpes. Can't get rid of you. <laughs> Latched on, motherfucker. <laughs> So, Jim, <laughs> also, Brian is a great reason why we use silicone in our dildos because you always want to make sure they're easily cleaned afterwards. Yeah, man. They go on the top shelf of the dishwasher. Oh, God. Wait, what? <laughs> no. Oh. Is it Cascade? That's the brand of dishwashing detergent. Cascade. I love this thing. Viago raises like halfway out of his coffin like really slowly and like kind of looks at the camera and then like keeps going just yeah, a little inch so by inch. I feel like it would have been a little better. Um, this is just me in my personal like want in the film if you were to do like the like pulling the rope right. like the mime. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Whatever. Do a bit with it. Yeah. Like do a limbo come back up. Yeah. yeah exactly. That'd be fun. But it just sets his awkwardness for the whole movie oh, yeah. right off Absolutely. the bat. And this character is so much better. Than, in the short, he's just kind of mopey, whereas in this, like, he really is the star. Like, he's so funny. Right. He's got, like, that quirkiness, but he's also a little socially awkward. Yeah, right? for sure. And it, he, but he's just so upbeat about everything. So it's pretty cool. And then it goes to Dino Thunder and it, his backstory about being a secret Nazi fucking hilarious because <laughs> apparently like I've read a bunch of trivia online where like Taika Waititi was like explaining in the director commentary about this movie that like when they played this for North American audiences and he goes oh yeah don't know if you know but the Nazis they lost like, <laughs> like it's like a big laugh everywhere else but here and I was like yeah well 2018 2019 2020 we got people with tiki torches and polo shirts so did it really lose but anyway I like the fact that he's in a closet and <laughs> it's just like a regular closet. There's like fucking umbrella off to the side. There's like a bunch a of clothes hanging <laughs> and there's a guy hissing at you as you open the door. <laughs> Viago goes to wake up all the other ones and all the other vampires. So yeah, he's Dino Thunders hanging in the closet. <laughs> and then we get him recounting how he's a vampire and how Peter was his master 
I suppose. Yeah, the and one they that show like up. this picture of him as a peasant man from a hundred plus years ago. He's got all ago. these fucking wares on. Like <laughs> I imagine, like the guy in all the video games that like comes to the you know the town, <laughs> yeah. and it has a little like exclamation mark over his head, and he's just like, "I was selling wares, and I saw skeletons over by the." graveyard the npc guy who you're like here <laughs> let me sell all this stuff and he's like do you want to buy anything i'm like nah i'm gonna kill <laughs> or, a skeleton or and you're a- like let me sell all of this shit to you and you'll give me fucking nothing for it and then meanwhile i need to buy that and it's a million gold yeah. and i guess i'll just be farming for the rest of my life That's what i mean i was gonna go kill a goddamn skeleton in a dungeon and he's gonna drop a whole suit of armor just randomly right right and then i want to buy one leather piece of fucking clothing and it's like a million gold sorry jim going on so he's getting everybody together for a house meeting and they're like interjecting all the backstories so we find out that vlad jermaine was vlad the poker he used poker. to torture, torture people not the impaler which makes it even better the poker yeah he went through phases in his life where he was a little depressed and he liked to torture people. And we're, we're <laughs> skipping ahead, but they make a great joke at Facebook's expense when he's like, you could poke someone. He like looks at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love when it gets to the actual you know, flat meeting. <laughs> In the director's commentary, they note that vacuum is spelled incorrectly on the short wheel. And Taika Waititi says, I don't know how to spell vacuum. Oh, Clement no. asks, you mean your character? And there's an awkward pause. And he goes, me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I like that little fucking wheel. That's so good. Because I feel like it's a good idea in concept, but nobody ever fucking does it. What I love, these guys have infinite time being that they're immortal. And they still fucking suck at everything. They suck at archery, at crocheting, at pottery. And it's just, they're amazingly inept. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, that totally sounds like something I would do where you're like, Brian... It's been five fucking years. Please do the dishes. <laughs> I, I think that Brian would be like, I burned the dishes. <laughs> I would honestly probably just like send them flying off into the night and then just buy new dishes all the time. Well, one thing that's really funny as an inconsistency I noticed is that they have dishes. But they can't eat food. So it's just blood on it's dishes. Blood on everything. So it's just like you put a plate against someone's neck and then just eat off of a plate <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> Yeah, that that's totally true. And I love that Viago's so concerned about people like noticing. It's like, but you're going to eat them. Like it's so great. Like it's a it's a very logical point. Like they aren't supposed to use these, but it's it's that's what quarreling comes out of when you have a flatmate. Especially when you have a flatmate for as many years as you do. Yeah. <laughs> you and think you know somebody, right? Starts to get old real fast. <laughs> I ask not where talking some- about from life experiences. No, no not at all. When I ask where something is and I get sass back, <laughs> I just wanted to know where the fucking thing was. Last I checked, it was here. It's almost like it like sprung legs and walked off. And then I had a kid and the kid takes my shit all the time and walks away with it. And this I'm is like, all hypothetical though, right? No, for sure. This is a <laughs> hypothetical situation about vampires from New Zealand. Right, 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 right. So we get the intro. <laughs> You're dead. Isn't you're it crazy? Dead, I, I noticed that the intro was 10 minutes into the actual movie. It's great. It's fucking cool. I liked it. Definitely shows the documentary style of film where you have the beginning blossoming of characters, right? And you're like, I don't really know who these people are. A lot of the times these films just dive right in yeah. and you just have to play catch up. But now you have 10 minutes worth of like almost backstory and... And then you go from there. So 
So yeah, so the music was really cool. And then all the images that they show too so good. are really cool because a lot of them are like historical images, but then some of them are like, you're like, wait a second. They look like a sort like they were altered the face or something to make it look like a little one bit of, the of guys, uh, yeah. shooping action going on. Right. And then, you know, all the old school photos that show all like the crew like hanging out like in like the 70s and everything. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And then Peter's just fucking Peter. So one thing <laughs> that I wanted to note, the photos of them here's a photography. Jim probably knows this generally uses a mirror in order to obtain the image i was looked into it it wasn't until 2004 when the first mirrorless epson rd1 camera came out so technically speaking if a vampire does not cast a reflection in a mirror i'd take the picture i hate to break it to you but you're wrong <laughs> no i'm not how am i wrong <laughs> so the mirror only reflects the image for the viewfinder and then what happens is the mirror when you take a picture the shutter is the mirror that flat flips up and the light hits the sensor and that's what the picture comes from. Okay. First so you of wouldn't all, be able to see them through you wouldn't be able to frame them because you can't see them. But when the actual photo gets taken, you would be able to see them. Because it's just photons of light hitting a sensor. So here's the problem. So it's not going through the a mirror. The movie got a free pass because he uses a digital camera and it was in 2012. <laughs> you didn't have to correct me and call me out because <laughs> now we're fighting. I'll, it's fine. I'll, I'll edit all of this out, Jake. Please do not please do not hit us again. <laughs> I left my belt on my other pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting, Jim. Thank you so much. Now You're I welcome. know so much about the fuck. <laughs> what am I going to use that information for? God damn it. I just fucking throw all the shit off the table. It's fucking ruined. <laughs> yeah. It's like what I was telling you. If we, if we record an episode on Monster Squad, this can't happen. I have to be perfect and correct in every syllable of everything I say or we don't do it. Go on, Jim. <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. I mean, what have I done? I feel like my will to live, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> so we find out Viago came to New Zealand for a girl and his servant put the wrong postage. What was his servant's name? Philip. Philip. Fucking Philip. So it took him 18 months to get to New Zealand. And by then she had fell in love and married someone That's else. So good. Man. That was a quick turnaround between having somebody come to your country to be with you and being like, ah, you know what? I'm going to get married. But you got to think this is 300 years ago, That's man. That's true. Maybe not. Well, it's not 300 no, years ago. No, because she's... Well, he's 300 years old, so he so would have... Yeah. I mean, it would have been about 90 years. No, nah, mm, 80. 70. Let's say, let's say 75. That sounds fair. Yeah, but still. I mean, so you're talking it's about not like people are going to be beating around the bush waiting for somebody. It's like, fuck it. I guess I'm moving on. Yeah. He still has her uh, silver like medallion or, or locket exactly <laughs> he like, he like puts opens it, it up he like puts on gloves to open it up all gently and then he puts it on he's just sitting there burning away like i don't know maybe if i've just never paid attention but i didn't know that silver was a thing that vampires can touch either. fun fact in the commentary they don't even know if it is either they just added it oh okay yeah because i was like wait isn't that werewolf thing is that, or? oh yeah i was gonna say that is know. a thing I silver mean, bullets yeah so next scene we have the guys getting ready to well actually next scene is they're playing instruments Oh, another I was point over it, but they're, they're they've been playing horrible. for so long. Like you, if you're a thousand, you know, if you're hundreds of years old, getting to ten thousand hours of mastery is nothing, and they still fucking suck. It's awesome. Yeah, it kind of goes to show that there's still like half-assed vampires out there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Watch a lot of baseball if you were a vampire. <laughs> 
I would be best friends with all the fucking baseball players. It would be pretty cool. Like, would you like to run faster? <laughs> <laughs> you can't play any day games, but that's, that'd be the best part. The fact that you grew up in Southern California, but you'd suddenly be Romanian. Right. Yeah. I mean, playing a covered arena, then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Very good. Maybe those lights, phosphorescent lights, they'd probably fuck you up. You know what would be great? You'd be really good at playing with bats. Bats for baseball. Bats. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next scene is they're getting out to go out on the town to Wellington Central. This is where they they don't have a reflection, so they don't know what they look like. And when oh, they, dude, it's so good. They weekend at Bernie's in empty outfit so that they can walk around <laughs> with it is the funniest idea ever. So I never understood that, where if you wear an outfit, it makes the outfit disappear also. I don't get that. So there's a funny thing as well where they get into the movie, in, I think it's in the short, when they change into a bat, where do the clothes go? And your boy Dino Thunder is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one doing it. He doesn't even know how. Yeah. I always imagined it would just be like clothes floating, right? But yeah. then if you think about it, when have you ever seen that in any other legit vampire film? Well, it they always do the, just shows nothing. They do the whole gag too of Pac-Man. all the stuff. Yeah, Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So one of the big effects in the movie is when they're sitting down at the diner and Prick eats the chip or the french fry for you North American pigs. And if you look at the table, there's no reflection, which is the, one of the most expensive digital effects things they did to scrub out their reflection. So to Brian's point, there's nothing except for stew. So they're not clothes or anything. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Yeah, I've seen this a few times. <laughs> So they're walking to the town or through the town, actually, and they're trying to go to bars and they can't get into any bars because they have to be asked in. in. Right. I think that is this the part where you get the the, the whole homophobic slur that I think so. Right. That they had to actually like persuade somebody into doing because they're just like, I don't feel comfortable saying that. (laughs) Yeah. Can I maybe wear a sweatshirt and a hoodie and nobody can see my face while I do it? That'd be great. Yeah, and I really love the subplot of the little girls luring the pedophile. Oh, that's so good. Super cool. It shows them afterwards, like, hooking up with some dude, like, behind some fucking random truck, and then just destroying him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So they run into another vampire chick who's, like, just sucking some guy's blood. She says something like, oh, yeah, I actually work with a guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In her past life. So they can't get into any bars, so they go to the vampire bar, the big kahuna. (laughs) And it's just, there's like nothing. It's empty and sad. It's just three guys dancing together. You kind of felt like that was going to happen because they're just like, it's all the rage. It's so amazing. All the vampires show up and then it's just them. Total sausage fest too. This is where you meet Dino Thunder's familiar, Jackie. And she's taking orders for his victims. Isn't that so good? It's It's almost like she's asking... Like what kind of pizza they want? <laughs> exactly. She's like, okay, so uh, is there any anything specific you want? What age group do you want? Eighteen thirty, female, a male or female? Uh, let's let's of, get the male of, too. One of both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that it's kind of implied like a bisexual kind of thing. When he's like, hey, let's have a man too. Like he, he kind of like is looking at her like, is he going to be judged? And she's like, <laughs> all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. But I love this is where you get the rhyme Nostris's amazing line. Nope. Wait, sorry. I misspoke. The hip hopopotamus's rad line where he's like, I think you'd like the sandwich better if you knew that nobody had fucked it. Uh, we're talking about virgin blood. <laughs> God yeah, damn. Like, I don't know why we talk. We just 
want virgin blood. It just sounds cooler. So yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> so they go back to the house and Viago is talking to a girl on the couch and he's just talking or she's talking away and he's like he's putting down towels he's putting down oh dude that's newspapers right because i mean it goes back to what he was talking about before he's like why can't you just put down newspaper and a towel on the and then his red couch now (laughs) it just backfires so badly it got in his eye the fake blood and down his throat yeah that's awesome apparently it cost him a lot of stress on set (laughs) i can only imagine why and then Vlad is trying to hypnotize a woman from outside her house. That's so good. Hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we hear about how he used to be great at hypnotizing crowds of people. And then until he, the until beast. he met the beast. The and beast. they keep showing a picture of some fat, hairy beast thing with a dick coming out of its chest. Yeah. They're like, uh, mm, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I say the nay. Yeah. <laughs> and this is actually where we get the line about the sandwich. But they bring over... Jackie brings over the two victims and they give them like spaghetti and oh, like dude, the Lost Boys so reference. Good. The it's worms. so good. It's uh did Do we not find like out, Spaghetti? Did we figure out what her name was? I feel like they said her name a couple is times. Like Josephine? Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. But yeah, so you know, they have her over and you know, Jackie I, I think it's really great how she's just like, oh well. You're a virgin, right? And she's like, no. And yeah. she's like, well, hmm, I had, I, I kind of got the vibe that you were a virgin. Yeah. She's like, Who yeah, would fuck her? I'm not a virgin. <laughs> and then Nick, she's like, well, when we dated, you were a virgin. She's like, yeah, we were 12. <laughs> I forgot for Nick that for his nickname, I was going to say uh, discount Colin Farrell. <laughs> Oh, totally oh, sad. Dude, totally Retroactively shoot. instated. Totally true. Can we talk about when she's walking through the like garden section at Target on her phone and she's like basically trying to lure her childhood bully to be that's who Josie <laughs> like you yeah, so good. She's oh like, you you kinda did yeah, you, you did Yeah, do that. you called me this back in back in middle school or whatever. And the Jexorcist, like, I think is what it was. She's like, No, nah, I didn't no, no, you totally did. Yeah. She's totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great, though. All right. So the Lost Boys. It looks like worms. And then they, made it, they turned his dick into a snake. Yep. So here's a great part in the director's commentary they talk about where they the illusion doesn't impact the camera because the camera's not hypnotized. So that's why you don't see the worms like you would in Lost Boys. Cool, hmm. huh? Yeah, that's stuff you don't really think about. Right? Makes sense to me because it's a documentary. So Nick freaks out and tries to get out and... <laughs> You get a whole bunch of different scenes that are hilarious. Yeah, it's a fun little montage of them like all it's almost like a Scooby Doo thing. Yeah, it is. Right? Where it's they're they're in one room and then he runs into another room and they're there and he runs back and forth. He has his backpack on and the arms reach through the backpack. It's so funny. <laughs> I thought that was good. great. And then like he's going through one room and Vlad's a cat with just his face. <laughs> so Yeah, because he always fucks up in the transformations. <laughs> he's like, he's I don't know why he, Vlad he transforms, but he always fucks with the face. So, have you ever heard of a song called "Where's Your Head At" by Basement Jacks? So it's it wasn't a hugely popular song, but it was years ago. And in the music video, they put their faces on animals, and it's fucking haunting and awful. But I love it. It's also <laughs> terrifying. So I really enjoyed that. And in the short, he actually says that his mother was a cat. So that ties into everything. And then that's where in the the short, Deacon talks about how he has no idea how they keep their clothes when they change into an oh, animal. Oh, got it. Okay. Jim's looking at it. Where's your head at? It's, it's haunting. Oh, it? Yeah, I wanted to play it. The song? I know the song. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I'm going to have to watch this video when I get home. Oh, my God, the monkeys. It's <laughs> terrifying, right? That's exactly what this is. <laughs> That's awesome. To the point where I wonder if it's an homage to that music video. Honestly, it looks at? like it so much. God damn it. Stuck in my head now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick's running, goes outside, and then Peter comes out of nowhere and, and that's you basically him. you just assume he's dead. Yeah. And they they're like nonchalant. Oh no, Peter got him. <laughs> Poor <laughs> it's guy. It's so good. It's like almost like somebody somebody left the house with the side gate open to their attack dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next the next morning, Jackie's spraying blood from the driveway. I love how just mundane every single thing thing is for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love how absolutely droll Jackie is like at all times while she's doing it. She's just like, this is fine. I'm just cleaning up dead bodies and blood everywhere. Whatever. I would go so far as to say she's slightly glib. So two months later, (laughs) (laughs) at least I didn't sigh that time. That's good. Two months later, two months later, we get the dance scene. Yeah. The weird Dino Thunder belly dancing. I don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah, the the hippopotamus said, "Quote: This was the most I laughed. I think when shooting, he's kind of famous for that particular style." Adds YTT. <laughs> it's so good. A bit like this. Okay, so if you think that the Napoleon Dynamite dance is funnier than this, right. fucking lose my number. I mean, it definitely coincides with it. So. Um, but which is better, Brian? The, the vampire in the mesh shirt doing it or John Heater, Mormon guy who hasn't had a career since Blades of Glory doing let's it? Let's just take away the fact that he's a Mormon guy, all right? You just threw that in there because whatever, right? It was still a pretty great scene in the film. Mm. I feel like I like the Napoleon Dynamite better. Ah, uh, lose my number. Jim, that's already on the record, right? <laughs> lose it. I'm watching you. You're not deleting my contacts. It's cool. I'm still planning on texting I'm you, but just I want you up. to wonder who I'm it's still from. showing up at the house regardless. So Nick comes flying in and interrupts the dance by trying to fly through the window and he can't quite figure it out. It's so good. Just so uncoordinated and terrible. It's Do you awesome. recall where that's also from Jimbo? No. Maybe the Lost Boys. There's another reference, right? Because of the worms, right? And then there's also with Michael. The guy that they say Michael how many times in the Michael, movie? Michael, Mikey, Mike, Michael, Mikerson. Yeah, yeah, so as soon as he turns into a vampire and he has like crazy night sweats and he finds himself like up on the ceiling because he can't control himself flying and then he like goes outside of Sam's room and he's trying to get himself in and it's almost like he's literally getting sucked out into nothingness <laughs> and it's totally reminiscent. Sorry, go on. How many vampires think they lose to burning in the atmosphere that way? I mean, you can imagine that's probably an issue that vampires would run into. Here's a question. Do you think that Michael would have the same amount of difficulty as Charlie in the Chocolate Factory when he drinks the magic levitating soda? Or do you think that he'd figure it out? Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like if there's spinning blades above you and all of a sudden you can't control your flying, I guess, uh, I don't think he would. I think he'd fucking chop up into little Mikey bits. I don't know. <laughs> None of those vampires in that movie express a fear of fan blades. You got holy water. You got Silver. stereos. You got steaks. Nobody's ever afraid of fans. I think he'd handle it. And then I think he'd take that fucking factory for himself. And he'd lure children there and suck them dry. Fountains of blood. Do you think that vampire vampirism is something that is slowly takes over the body to where like in 
for instance, Lost Boys, he's able to go out into sunlight and then eventually you just become to the point where you just don't go in sunlight? Yeah. It's, or do you uh, think it's like a night and day thing? I like the fact that it takes a while. That's a good one. Yeah. I like the fact that it takes a while, like Once Bitten with Jim Carrey, where it's like a progression because it's just, it's interesting. Ooh, that's another good one. Super stupid movie, but it's fun. Yeah. Loses his virginity. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> sorry about it. If you haven't seen that movie that came out probably before you were born. <laughs> so what ends up happening from here is Deacon, Dino Thunder, and Prick end up getting into a fight or an altercation because Prick's jacket is too similar to Dino Thunder's. And it's just this like rivalry, this pettiness going on and escalating and escalating. And so they end up actually fighting as bats in the sky above. That's so good. Originally, it was scripted where they were going to fight in human form just flying. But it was actually more expensive to have a you know wire rig set up oh, than shit. it was to have CG bats and then them fall. Okay, that makes sense. And this is also the second time you've seen them kind of have like a, a vampire fight, right? Because yeah. in the very beginning when they're talking about like doing chores, they both fly up at each other and hiss. <laughs> and it's so good how like they like slowly go back to their seats and one of them is like kind of still hovering like balancing himself on the table yeah it's pretty good and gilf is like awkward like you could tell the <laughs> wire guy put him down in just a terrible position but they just kept it so nick comes over and they go they basically take him under their wing type ah, of thing. wing i like it and they take him out on the town they show him how to fly and they go to a bunch of bars and then they're walking home and this is where we meet the werewolves ah for the first time fucking murray it's so good. Like the whole idea that they create a mythos where the werewolves are like almost a self-help group. Like they're like in recovery, <laughs> but it fits where like lycanthropy so well because usually the people who are like afflicted with, you know, werewolfism are they're always apologetic. They're always struggling. They're suffering. You see so many movies like even an American werewolf in Paris, they're like locking themselves inside of a cage. Harry Potter. There you go. Professor Lupine. Who the fuck didn't see that coming? I didn't. I was an idiot kid. But <laughs> my point being, it's so like the fact that it's this like almost culty approach is so good. This is where we get the the. It's like an altercation. It's like two gangs meeting. Yeah, like in the definitely. night. West Side Story. <laughs> and I yeah. like how the vampires always have like a sense of smell, right? Which is funny coming from the vampires and not the werewolves. Yeah, but they're oh, yeah, always just like. Them. I smell dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> Is the we get the lines like we're werewolves, not swearwolves. That's so good. And like one of the guys throws a stick, and one of the werewolves like goes after it. <laughs> Does he throw a stick? I thought he, he actually faked it. I thought oh, he I faked know. it. I think he fakes it. I think he like picks up a ball, like he's you know you're faking a dog, right? And throws it, and he's like, ah, fuck, boy, I totally tricked you. <laughs> so and then Stu comes into the picture, which is Nick's friend. And uh, never seen somebody with such a red face full of blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they end up liking him and he keeps he this is he shows them all different types of things. Like you technology. get Vlad with the poking on Facebook, you get the Taekwondo for Viago. Yeah. Oh dude, the whole fucking um bicycle Liu kick. Kang. Yeah. The Liu Kang bicycle <laughs> kick. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh my god, it's a Liu Kang thing. That's so cool. They're so like shows them cameras, sh online shopping. The watching movies of sunrise and they're like can we look at pictures of virgins oh that's so good <laughs> and, and they get one point vlad's like she's not a virgin if she's doing that or, she, yeah. or she, she's a virgin <laughs> if she's doing that so good and viago calls his old servant philip 
and he calls him out and oh, then it's, it's so it's like, good i'm like i'm 90 years old you said you would turn me into a vampire like time is of the essence okay bye philip <laughs> <laughs> i like it's so it's so good how he doesn't even just like disconnect and be like oh bad service he actually is just like Okay, bye, Philip. Uh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> well, he doesn't know how to do it. So he's like, well, it's also good because you get that sense of like pettiness and revenge where it's like, this is because I spent 18 months on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Fuck you, Philip. Yeah. <laughs> so, next scene, we are, they're back out at a bar and. Nick is going around telling everybody that he's a vampire. Oh, that's so good. And the guy's like, oh, really? Because I'm a vampire hunter. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Interesting. So when he goes to the convenience store and he's like, oh, I'm a vampire and does the spooky face thing, the clerk who works at the convenience store is a vampire who you see later on at the party. So oh, really? yeah, you can see a couple like little interesting nods there. I have to watch it again to see how he reacts. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It kind of makes it seem like, oh, well, vampires are within each other, like within the vampire populace, but they act like, what the fuck? What's a vampire? That's yeah. weird, right? Because that's how you should be. You survive, yeah. And also, what job do you get if you're a vampire who can't go out in the day? You work at a shitty convenience store at night. That's right. totally true. Yeah. Did we ever figure out what they did for work? Nope. Or is it just not ever brought up? Independently wealthy. Yeah. Investments. They probably have I mean, bonds. honestly, if I was 800 years old, I would probably be independently wealthy also. You'd hope. Yeah. I feel like you'd either be independently very wealthy or you're just dead. Right? Like you're not going to... Or you could just be a vampire hobo because technically you, you could live could. on the streets yeah. and you would be fine, right? Yeah. You'd be like a vampire gypsy. That kind of sounds cool. <laughs> Vagabond. Vampabond. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> so they go to the restaurant and Stu eats a chip and then he pukes blood everywhere. Which I don't know why I find this so Stu's, funny. No, Nick. 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 Nick Sorry, eats, Nick. Right. So it's... I feel like we should Stu call eats several fries and doesn't get sick. <laughs> That's right. I feel like we should just call Nick Prick. That's what it was. Yeah. It was? Yeah. No, my bad. It's okay. Brian turned off. It's all right. <laughs> but I don't know what it is about people like fake throwing up, but I usually find it quite funny. Like, uh, what is it? Team America World Police, where it's just a puppet <laughs> puking in an alley for 20 minutes. It's just great. I think it's funny how <laughs> right after he eats it, what does Viago say? You should not have eaten the chip. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just goes straight to him, just ah! fucking projectile vomiting. And of everywhere. course, he's like being a little pissy pants because before this, he's talking about he loves being a vampire and he can fly and he can do this and that. But I was like, I can't even have chips. My, it's like oh, the one you can live forever, but you're upset you can't have French fries and it's because right, you got in a right. fight and your stupid jacket got torn. And Would it just- have been better if he had been plagued with the double dragon? Do you know what the double dragon is? No. Where you puke and you. Oh, cool. <laughs> you puke and you duke. Right, right. But it would be blood, right? Ooh. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a sprinkler. Yeah. That's ta, 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 ta. So the next scene, Viago is talking about his love. Catherine. Catherine. And how he wanted to kill a guy she married. And then he kind of came to terms with it. And the whole whole time he's talking about it, he's printing out a picture of her and puts it in his coffin. So goddamn good. That's not even in the script. He did that as a joke for the people on set and they kept it. Oh my it's, god. It's so good. It's so subtle. You don't know what's going on until the very end. You're like, ah, oh, good boy. Do you think he comes blood too? I feel like it would be dust. Ah, uh, here's a fun one. So why don't vampires get women pregnant very often? 
It's not the sperm. The sperm are very good and alive. The problem is that they have to get permission to come inside. <laughs> yes! Very That's good, a good, very good one because I feel like the delivery is great. And if I would have said that, I would have fucked it up so bad. So. <laughs> Why do they come? God! <laughs> Shut up, Jake. Dino Thunder! <laughs> I'm a robot monkey! <laughs> so the next day... <laughs> So the next day, they all wake up to screaming. Poor Peter. And Peter is on fire in the basement. He got exposed to sunlight somehow. So they go down, and the door to Peter's coffin is laying on a vampire hunter who broke in through the window. And Nick comes down, and he's like, oh, hey, that's the guy from the bar. Who I told I was a vampire. That's so great because he's just nonchalantly is like, oh yeah, that you're 8,000 year old vampire that basically created all of you. Yep. And me. Because remember, Prick was also converted yep. by Peter. Yeah. So it's essentially he killed his master. Yep. Yeah. Fucking dick. And so this basically outright disproves the Lost Boys theory because he's the head vampire. The rest of them Technically, are still there. they should have been, you know, vampires no more. No. So if you're that old and you are a vampire no more, do you just turn to dust? Since you're technically your body's that old, or do you age from there on? I think it'd be from there on, because you're—that's one of the things I like about vampirism—is that you're satiated, and so you have sustenance with blood. It's not like a zombie where you're constantly decomposing. So you're the living dead as opposed to just the undead. That so the body for Peter, the burnt little ash body that looks like the guy smoking in the waiting room from Beetlejuice, mm. they did a deleted scene where they threw it in a river and they lost the body. So they had to do a press release where they were like, hey, if you find a burned body oh, in the river, no. it's fake. <laughs> oh, no. Crazy, right? Awkward. Ooh. It was a polystyrene. Interesting. I love the line in this. He's like, our friend has just been killed in a fatal sunlight accident <laughs> to the camera. <laughs> One thing that really upset me was how Vladislav didn't really put that much of an effort into saving Peter, right? He's like, give me water. And then he literally just throws it and you see it like hitting the fucking wall. Yeah. You're like, uh, all right. So it almost makes it seem like he didn't really like Peter that much. I get just the sense that he's just inept. That's one of the things that they're all consistently just underperforming in everything <laughs> they do. That's true. Maybe Peter should have picked better servants. Yeah. So then you have the party, right? Do you have uh, the police? Well, that first, come the, first, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. That Deacon starts its own TV show based yeah. on it. Dino Thunder or whatever attacks Nick, and then yeah, and then the the, the cops, cops come, come, and they, they're stuck. Nick's up in the corner, and so good. Deacon's like halfway in the air. And Viago's like, and Vlad's holding Viago's his legs. Like, I just want to be clear. I am not the best at hypnotism, yeah. so I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to last. <laughs> He's, he hypnotizes O'Leary and Minogue and says that they won't notice anything out of the ordinary. And they go through the house and they're basically like, yeah, there's no smoke detectors in here. Like, it's <laughs> so mundane. Right. It's, it's so it, dry. Yeah, it's super dry, right? As they're... They're like, wait, what is that? As they point past the dead body on the ground and they're just like, oh, is that guy sleeping? Huh, that's strange. <laughs> and so on Wellington Paranormal, Nick Prick actually ends up uh, making a cameo appearance on, I think the episode's called A Normal Night. And basically he just keeps hypnotizing them as he does like shit throughout this town where he like steals blood bags and he hires a bunch of clowns for a party and he keeps just doing these things, but he keeps tricking them into thinking that nothing bad's going on. Oh, it's that's awesome. Good. <laughs> and then also they have the, the trial of Nick Wellington. Ugh. 
<laughs> like the reading, shame. Oh, oh dude, the shame so too. Good. <laughs> they're, they're reading like charges against him. He's like brought a human into the house, telling people he's a vampire. Dino Thunder doesn't like how he wears the same type of jackets. Exactly. <laughs> I like how they're like bringing a human into the house. Actually, you know what? Stu's all right. Yeah, scratch Stu's that right, one. Yeah. Scratch that one. <laughs> Getting Peter killed? Maybe that should have been number one. The first one, yeah. <laughs> and then several months later, they get the end of invitation to the unholy masquerade. Which uh, surprisingly was not hosted by My Chemical Romance. Doesn't it sound like? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So this is where you get Vlad thinking he's going to be the guest of honor, and it's the, the beast. beast. The Beast. I love how Viago had goes through his costumes like he was a well, he's Whoopi Goldberg from the Sister Act. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Sister Act one so, and two, so good. So and he then was, he wants to be Blade, and then he wants to be Blade. So good. <laughs> You That's cannot be a vampire hunter, but Blade was cool. Everybody <laughs> liked him. <laughs> That's for their community. That's like someone in our Halloween wanting to do like a really tasteless. Trying to think of like what would Dylan be- Klebold and whatever the other kid would from Columbine. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we go to the unholy masquerade at the Cathedral of Despair, which was the building had was a uh, something else. What was it? Oh, I don't remember. There was like a sign on the side of the building. It's like a YMCA or something. Yeah, Yeah, it was some like (laughs) local building. And so we find out that Jackie was made a vampire by by Nick Nick. the prick. And he's like, that's not cool, man. And they're like auctioning off a human. So what's there? There's witches, zombies, and vampires. Right. But oddly enough, werewolves are not involved. No werewolves. And no sexy witches. Have you tuned into our Cabin in the Woods episode? <laughs> and then we find out that the guest of honor was the Beast. And she has an ugly ass boyfriend now. Yeah. And the Beast is a girl. <laughs> yeah. Not like what you see in the drawings, which I feel like Vladis Vlad maybe had something to do with. Yeah. Right. And I like how the fact this is kind of jumping back a little bit, but how they're like, so Vlad, are you coming? And he turns around and his face is so fucking haggard. <laughs> he looks like he's aged like obviously he's like 800 years old but he looks like he's 2400 years old so yeah. <laughs> i am not going i don't feel well yeah, i'm gonna what does he say i'm gonna i'm going to do my evil bidding <laughs> <It's> on ebay <laughs> so good so there the party's going and there's dancing and they show a mirror shot and the only people that you Stu. can see are just, just Stu. Is there another the zombie? Stu? It's Stu and the zombie. Stu and the zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just fucking dancing. And want to believe that you're pre undead? Is that what he says? Oh, predeceased. Predeceased. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Zombie asks, are yeah, you that's pretty pre-deceased? great, right? How everybody just slowly notices and they're just like, I smell something. <laughs> and I love that Stu actually fucking kills someone because they're all afraid that he's going to be a vampire hunter. And then when you have uh, Hip Hopopotamus getting in the fight with the ugly ass boyfriend, he's getting worked. And then Stu shakes like, him. fucking destroys him. And dude. then Hip Hopopotamus is like, I'm glad we both equally killed that guy. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's something Hip Hopopotamus would totally do. So the, the zombie that asked him if he's predeceased starts following him. And then the, the vampire notice it and they're like if he gets one bite it's going to be a frenzy and so they get in the center and there's like a ring around them of everybody and they're like Stu explain what you do yeah and so he's going on about because he's like a software analyst or something (laughs) and the beast or the host goes he's he's a a virgin virgin. (laughs) (laughs) I could smell him from 10 paces yeah so yeah so the fight happens and then Stu impales the guy and then they leave and they're walking home and they smell werewolves 
And this is actually Taika Waititi's favorite scene of the film. What I think is so great is it's almost like they're playing with a loaded gun every time they run across a werewolf because they they know the danger, right? And they're like, oh, look at these fucking pricks. Let's fuck with them a little bit. And they're like, (laughs) oh, guys, get out of here. We're going to, it's a full moon tonight. And they're like, ah, fuck you, dude, whatever. And then they (laughs) they fucking, a a gun goes off, essentially. Well, and then, so in Wellington Paranormal, there's an episode called She-Wolf, which deals with lycanthropy. And there's also, it's dealt with in the FX version of the show. But what's interesting on the Wellington, Wellington Paranormal, there's like cloud coverage. So if the clouds cover the moon, they change back to a person. So it's very rapid changes oh, over and dude. over again, yeah. which they even deal with a little bit in this movie because you notice that the wolf is there when the coverage goes off. I almost imagine it's just like nonstop convulsions. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> well, then, yeah. So the police chief talks about it being cloudy there. And so that's one of the reasons why this is a hub for werewolves is because they're able to hide behind the cloud. Like coverage. It. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, because the moon's fully out, and they don't transform until the clouds move away. And this is where you get like very strict rules. That's where you kind of go to the cultism or like the AA kind of thing, where you're like you have to have your track pants on, otherwise you're gonna rip. You're gonna rip through those jeans, mate. <laughs> and then uh, when he's talking about like what size tree, he's talking about the way that you lock yourself. I mean, it's right, so good. right. And it's so great how they go back to it. They go back to the same joke after the fact when it shows like Murray. And he's with all his wolf mates and they're all naked and he's the only one with pants yep. on. Yeah. <laughs> and he's starting to get, it's escalating, right? He's getting more and more stressed. He, he calls one of the guys a prick of the guys like, yay, we're werewolves, not swerves going another like brian just said a call back to earlier and he's like it's changing night you dickhead (laughs) (laughs) so and so as a joke against reese darby jermaine and taika both gave him conflicting direction just to see what he would do oh no (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty awesome so they they turn and they start chasing them and do they get a cameraman they do i feel like they they got a cameraman great shot too (laughs) And I like how after this is all over, they just nothing is mentioned of that a cameraman just got killed. Yep. They're like, <laughs> just, well, I guess we won't talk about Dave. He's just fucking gone. R.I.P. Dave. So Stu gets attacked and gets tossed back and forth. And later on, Deacon comes across Nick and he's like consoling him because he thought his friend died. That's kind of cool. It's like a little moment between like arch enemies almost or arch rivals, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then the police officers show up again. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a dog attack. We've been seeing these. <laughs> I mean, have the poor little border collie that's just like, you see what you did, mate? Gonna have to put him down for sure. <laughs> Look at him. He's looking at the body like he wants to eat him. <laughs> and then, you know, they're all moping around. And then we find out Stu shows up because Nick calls, the prick calls and leaves a voicemail that he's got a big surprise. And there's Stu with his fucking, fucking claw marks on his face. Sweet claw marks, man. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And what's interesting is he plays this scene so different than he does the rest of the movie. He's way more energetic and kind of right. like attentive and he's less like almost morose. And this is where Anton and the boys show up. And it's there's a hilarious like dad-esque joke when he points to Deacon's sweater because, you know, another callback to him knitting and he has a moon on his shirt and he makes oh, a yeah. joke at his own expense. And it's like it's such like a hammy thing to do to like break the tension. It's right, great. Right. Yeah. And I like how the fact that Viago is like, well, it still kind of has a smell in yeah. here. And it shows Vladislav like oh. spraying Febreze or some <laughs> shit. And opening the windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like. After 10 minutes, it went away. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out. And they show Stu running away from the ambulance. 
Yeah, and he's like convulsing on the gurney and then escaping. It's pretty sweet. And then they do a reenactment. So to Brian's <laughs> point, not only is it a good callback to the fact that they were standing there, at, you know, with Murray Hewitt being the only person with pants, but that they reenacted it, which is to say that he was like, no, 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 I was the only one with pants. You all stand for this documentary crew while they film you in sepia tone with your dick out. <laughs> awesome. I like it. Yep, absolutely. And then Viago goes to Catherine and makes her a vampire at the age of 96. She's Love a it. fucking badass grandma. Girl, he's like, what? they can call me Cradle Snatcher. Who cares? <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the movie, yeah. It kind of peters out a little bit, but I like the way... I mean, like I said, it, it's true to a documentary form, so I kind of like that it's not... There's you know. also a scene right at, at the very end, right at the end of the credits. Yeah, there's oh, a few. There? So, he, so at the very end, Deacon says, like, you won't remember the last 90 minutes. Blah. But <laughs> then there's also Jackie. You find out that her husband is oh, her that's familiar. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah so. she's like, so this is how things are going to go now. Right. <laughs> and what's interesting, too, is they established that she has kids and stuff. So, yeah, it's just a different scenario. But what do we think, boys? I thought it was amazing. It was the first time I seen it. And honestly, I would give it an eight and a half out of 10. I loved it. It was the same same way. I think it was the second time I watched it. But the first time I watched it, I did not watch it all the way through or incomplete. I was distracted. But this time it was just so good. The yeah, comedy is. I it's not sh- for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. But I- if you like that type of comedy, if you like Flight of the Concords, yep. you'll love this movie. 9.1 right. for me. There you go. Just yeah. just crosses that threshold of a nine. But yeah, I think there's no question to me that I would displace Cabin in the Woods with this movie as a champion for the classic. I realize it's a tough sell for you guys, but I just this is like my perfect blend of like just dry wit and just baffling absurdity. And it's also just fun because they took a, a genre I'm never really particularly fond of, like short of drop dead gorgeous. I can't think of another mockumentary. I like as much as this, like spinal tap, even I'm like, eh, I'm lukewarm on it. But so this took a genre I didn't even ever really care for and made me really enjoy it. And it's just people who, I mean, I've grown up with, you know, Jermaine and, you know, so right. I would, I would be on board with, Topping Cabin in the Woods just f- just for the comedy of it. Yeah, what do you got? I agree. Hub Absolutely. Top. Yep. And also, I do take the significant other into account when yeah. it comes to this the movie enjoyment and. She absolutely loved it, and I knew she would like it going into it because she's a hardcore Mighty Boosh fan. Yeah, you go. Uh, where that is super dry. Matt Berry's in the TV show. Dude, oh, is he? He's fucking hysterical. Oh, he's the best so part of the show. <laughs> he has topiary vaginas. That he tends to eclipse. One of them is his mother's vagina. Oh, no. It's amazing. That sounds like something Matt Berry would do. Well, and also, uh, here's another thing. I think replayability has to be a huge factor in a classic champion. You know, going back to last year, Alien, you could watch that movie any fucking day of the week, and it's great every day of the week. This movie, I could watch every day of the week, and it'd be just as good. Cabin in the Woods, you kind of have to let it breathe because after you've seen the magic trick, you're like, right, all right, right, let me right. Whereas, and, and what's great about this one is it has that subtlety throughout the film. Yeah, that it's nothing's quite super memorable in your mind to where if you watch it again, you're like, that's okay, that's super fresh, right? And that's something that you have to have when it comes to watching it again. So again, eight and a half, probably out of ten, which is great considering. Um, first time saying it so there we go so boys is it time to say goodbye for this week i think so if you ain't watching him dying you ain't really trying beep beep fuck boys 
for Jim, for Brian, for Chad, for everybody, for the nation of New Zealand. My name is Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. Donate to Australia. Donate. Do not hesitate. Donate, mate. There we go. That's awful. Be great. <laughs> <laughs>I gotta say, we usually luck out with our hidden tracks, with the musicians being cool as fuck. But if I had a vagina that wasn't my own butthole, I might give it to Aaron from Graveview. This dude gets the most Han Solo-esque cool points that I can give. After telling us that their debut record is going to be coming out on 1126 record, and No Hope, the song that he gave us, is the first single off of it, he says, quote, not really a whole lot to say about us. We're just some dudes from Florida trying to make the ugliest music we can. God damn, that's just smooth. They're playing at City Limits Tap Room in Florida, specifically Deland, Florida, as in the land of the home of the free, the the home, the land of and the home of. Okay, well, that's why I'm not a musician anymore. Anyway, enjoy Grave View with their song, No Hope.